It's time for the news. Delete, 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 delete. Welcome back to a bloody edition of the Antimatter Minute tonight as we slash our way through the second part of our long Halloween special. I'm Joba Final Girl Fett, and with me as always is... Ripley the Scream Queen Scott. Yeah, so make sure your booby traps are set, the security system is armed, and your hiding spot is secure. It's time to get psycho on yet another episode of Close Encounters of the Slurred Kind. Alright. Man, I love Halloween season. I said that last episode, and I'll say it again. You got any news for uh, the public out there, Ripley? Anything that, you know, you've had this week that you just want to share with the public? Uh, no, we're 12 days from Halloween, so we are getting closer. Uh, we've got this episode and one more coming up in our Halloween series, so I'm, I, like you, are very excited for it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So I guess we'll just dive into things and... Uh, of course, we always start out with our offbeat articles, and so the first one we have today is coming at you from the Rolling Stone, finally a reputable source to talk about some not-so-reputable shenanigans. Uh, so this has been on the radar and has been all over the news recently, and it was too bizarre not to include in our segment. So I'm sure that you've heard, Ripley, about the, uh, the family that... I guess they built a bunker or something, or they had been living in a bunker for nine years, thinking that the world had ended, and it was this family, and th this one of them escaped, and the first place he went was, of course, to a pub. He didn't go you know, to the authorities. He went and had five beers at some bar, and finally, I guess, inebriated, decided to tell the bartender his situation, which I'm sure was laughed off. you know. But it, it does say in the beginning of the article that he tried – to go there, but the bar was closed, and they sent him home, so he had to try again eight days later. How big of a bummer would that be to be like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm out. Finally, I don't have to eat rat feces anymore. Sweet. <laughs> you, get to the, you go back to the bar, and he's finally like, nah, man, we're closed. We're, we're good, oh, good. man. Such a bummer, dude. Uh, this story I thought was fake because I, I was told about this by – a coworker, and I was like, this sounds like such bullshit, like some blast from the past kind of, you know, this this looked like Hollywood movie material to me. It didn't look like something for real, like uh, Cloverfield, the, the Cloverfield Lane movie. Right. You know, where they're in the bunker. It's just, it's crazy. And then new details are starting to emerge about how there's potential cult connections and just all this nut stuff. I don't, I don't even know how this would, this, this, can happen i mean yeah it's the whole thing is pretty nuts and for those of you that aren't really aware of what's happened basically there's five kids uh two boys and three girls i believe that were living with supposedly their father they're all you know later adolescents you know teenagers early adults and um th this is happening and uh fuck, i can't remember somewhere in, somewhere in sweden or norway oh, netherlands, the netherlands netherlands yeah, and so the uh, um, basically the dad was living with this guy that was like it seems to be maybe a cult member or something, and he's... the Moonies. It looks like the yeah. Moonies cult. If anyone knows what that is, the Austrian cult and the Unification Church. It's just that's just crazy. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You can keep going. No, no, you're good. Uh... So yeah. And um, these two guys and these five kids or young adults are living in this farmhouse for like nine years. 
and I, the the adults basically told the kids that they were all that's left of civilization, which seems kind of weird because like this whole thing is very like still undecided. There's a lot of unsolved mysteries going along with this because apparently this kid had well one he had worked um, for a family friend or something for a little bit doing carpentry. He had a LinkedIn account and they said he had another. And an Instagram account too. So yeah, and it also said they weren't sure if that was him manning those accounts or if someone else was doing it for him, so that it made it look like he was still active on there. I saw that and was like, hmm. Right. So it, it's still very weird. And then, but they did find like a hidden staircase where that led to the dad and uh, the other guy in a basement. And yeah, the whole thing is just fucking hidden staircases can you believe that man i'm like what this is like this is like a page out of a out of a stephen king novel i think you're like picturing something else like something more you know um magnificent out of this i think really they put a bookcase in front of a stairwell yeah they probably did it probably wasn't as cool (laughs) Hey, yeah, man. it's not like you pull a book on a bookshelf and something opens up like in yeah you know, in Scooby Doo. <laughs> right, exactly. Not so much in this case, likely because it was an old farmhouse. They probably just, you know, were trying their best to conceal it. Which actually kind of reminds me, there's a comedian called uh, Bill Burr, and he has this bit about he was living with his girlfriend before his uh, parents um, really knew about it, and they wouldn't have condoned it. And so when they came to visit, they hung a tapestry over her doorframe to make it look like it was part of the wall and her parents never suspected it. it they, they said it was wow. the greatest thing. <laughs> so that keep that impressive. in mind if you are if you ever have to live in sin and want to con, uh, you know, make sure that it doesn't look like it. Wow, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much. I mean, I don't know how else we would go into this to talk about it anymore, but I mean, it's just, it's one of those wacko jacko news stories that, just it was too too insane not to include in one of our podcast specials. So uh, we hope that you do your diligence. You you get you know you look it up if you have the time. It's it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth looking into. It's interesting. I think it's only a matter of time before like Netflix picks this up as some kind of like you know I, there's going to be a documentary on this for sure down the road. Oh yeah, absolutely. And they're going to keep you know publishing more details as they kind of clear things up. You know whether or not there's cult connections. What was going on with the Instagram stuff and like it, whether or not the older son knew more and was just trying to help his siblings you know th- there's a lot of stuff that we're still trying to piece together that i'm sure will definitely be dripping into the news over the coming weeks and months so it will be interesting to see how this all plays out but moral of the story stay away from cults stay away from cults you know and it's really good that we decided to use this story first i think it's it, it's it's awesome because it it really plays well in lieu of uh, our sponsors for today's episode. Are you sick and tired of the boring old musty cellar your hillbilly parents have been keeping you in for the last decade? The taste of rat meat can get old after the first few years, and the makeshift sock puppet you've been masturbating to can only take your mind off things for so long. That's where we come in. Introducing Bunker Buddy. Our interactive friends are specifically designed to turn your living hell into a living happy. Our genderless, life-size dolls are made from genuine burlap and stuffed with top-quality cotton picked by other helpless prisoners just like you. They come preloaded with phrases such as, Woo-wee! Wanna play Pop the Hatch? Psych! Old MacDonald had a bunker! E-I-E-I-O! Yay! It's chore time! Let's whittle! 
Twinkle, twinkle, crack on the wall. Who needs to shit in a bathroom stall? So beg your captors to call today while supplies last. This product is not guaranteed to make life any better. Prolonged cuddling and sexual stimulation can cause mental issues, loss of identity, and other symptoms of psychological confusion. <laughs> Man. So uh, that is that is a solid product right there. I, I, think I know I need to buy one of those. I, just, I hope it's available on Amazon Prime. That's all I have to say about that. I probably, you know, if I if I were to get a bunker buddy, I'd sit in my chair and then when I go to sleep at night, I'd probably throw a blanket over him like you always do. And when you go to your grandma's that has a really creepy porcelain doll that you don't want to stare at the whole right. fucking night, you know, so cause issues. Nothing like seeing eyes when you wake up. Ooh. Exactly. No one likes that. So anyways, very nice. I'm uh, good sponsorship today. So let's that takes us into our next article, which is a callback to our outbreak themed article from just a couple weeks ago. Um, and the headline is Nevada fighting to keep zombie deer from entering state. And so this <laughs> unfortunately, this isn't as awesome as the um, title makes it seem. So what's happening here is that um, these deer, they contract um, chronic wasting disease, which is, it's kind of like mad cow disease or, um, what was the other one? Uh, Kreutzfeldt-Jakob disease, which is basically... Yeah, well, you, you pronounced that right. I looked at that thing and was like, oh, shit, I'm definitely giving this article to Ripley. <laughs> I was like, I can't fucking say that. Nope. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So it's, you know, it's a brain disease which is passed on through prions, which I had never come across before, but I'm sure my nurse wife has, or wife nurse. You know, the, the Enterprise, when, when, they, when they run out of photon torpedoes, they, they, just, they load up their backup prion cannons. You know, that's what, that's what they use on, on the yeah. show. You know, got to do what you got to do. So anyways, um, it, it's basically incurable. It, it, it affects the brain. There's no way of fighting. It's not a viral or bacterial infection. It's straight up in the brain, and, you know, once you have it, you have it. And so what's going on here is that these deer basically, be, they kind of become zombie-like in the fact that they lose all fear of humans, they have lethargy, and they have really bad emaciation. And um, so Nevada obviously is trying to keep this away from their deer population, which I'm sure all states are really trying to do. Nevada's um, uh, enacted a few different laws this year to kind of prevent it and by basically not allowing any brain or spinal cord uh, tissue to be brought into the state from outside game. So if you shoot a deer, say you're a Nevada resident, you go shoot a deer in Idaho or Utah, um, you can't bring back the brain or the spinal cord at all into the state. So, um, because, yeah, yeah. And because it basically can sit around and, you can uh it's kind of like aids you can you know you can be contagious before you ever show symptoms so that's the case here and it can take up to like two years to really kind of manifest itself and so you could be looking at a healthy deer that's really basically just infecting the whole population and so they're basically hoping to do their best to curtail it because they know it's not a matter of what happened but when I heard that it's also really easy for these animals to be exposed to this. If if cars, when they drive by, if they're blaring, uh, blaring Limp Biscuit albums, I, I heard that also really zombifies their brains as well and causes to the same sort of like issues. So, um, anyways, 
Uh, also, I do have a really good theory on this one. I'm going I'm to take you down the rabbit hole with this one, Ripley. You ready for this? I'm ready. So what if, you know that theory that states, you know, what if we're all just living in a big simulation, you know, programmed by aliens out there, just manipulating, pulling the strings, you know, doing that whole thing. What if some aliens out there, and he's like, you know, he's he's manipulating stuff, and he's like, you know, I want to want to, you know, take into take uh, hunting into uh, in, into my my plethora of hobbies that I have here, and he's like, these deer, they just keep fucking, they're so fast and they they're agile and they keep running away. What if, what if they're like putting in like alien cheat codes? You're like, I'm gonna make these deer dumb as fuck, man. I'm just gonna make them real stupid, and I can come up and I'll. You know, manipulate, and you know, I can watch these hunters go out here and just shoot them up. I think maybe it's somebody tweaking, you know, tweaking things from the outside, making these uh, these deer just really, really, really dumb. And you know, I just think think how great that would be if you if you had that power to go out there and just make shit do what you want, just make them real dumb, take away all the fear. I think that's probably what they do when they uh, when they abduct people. I think they probably use a similar thing. I don't know. I just thought it was a whack, crazy, crazy thing that would be uh, kind of funny to bring up. So, I don't know. Yeah, you've uh, definitely been hitting the Kool Aid. Nice job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should probably uh, stop with the ganja. Mm. Yeah. So zombie deer entering Nevada, not a good thing if you're a hunter, or really if you're a deer either. So. All right. So, let's move on to uh, the meat and potatoes of this episode. We're going to start getting into our slasher segments. And the first one we have um, in that same vein is an, art- is an article coming from Ranker.com, and this is the stupidest, most unbelievable alibis killers have ever tried to pull off. And, uh, you know, I took a brief look at these, and I think so did Ripley, and let me tell you, <laughs> these are fantastic. <laughs> so, all right, so you want me to take it away for the first one? You might as well. All right, so for the first one, a man claims he was too fat to murder. So Edward Atez, Atez, a Florida man. Of course he would be from Florida. Of course. It it looks like his name literally says Ates, like A-T-E-S. Oh, that's even better. Right. The irony of his name is fantastic. Oh, the irony. That Please just call him Eights for the rest of it. <laughs> All right, so so old Eights was accused of shooting and killing his former son-in-law after a dispute in 2006, and his lawyers argued that for Eights, uh, at nearly 300 pounds, holy cow, dude needs to get a fucking treadmill. Uh, and with problems moving, it was impossible to have committed the crime because he wasn't mobile enough. <laughs> Seems like a pretty simple and reasonable defense. Uh, as the article does state, the only problem with that was that there was a lot of evidence to the contrary. Uh, Eights apparently had some military experience, which, in, in my opinion, he consumed rather that fast. That was, you know, consuming was a bad pun. Uh, had researched how to kill people only shortly before the murder and that he'd had relatives uh, lie in order to cover up his whereabouts. In the end, Eights was deemed simply not fat enough to use obesity as an alibi and was still convicted of the murder. How awesome would that be if you just killed a bunch of people you hated and was like, well, I mean, have you seen have you seen my waistline lately? I mean, I've been going to McDonald's like three or four times a week. I can't, I'm not guilty. It's, it's fine. It's fine. See, it'd be one thing if he's like he ran down and stabbed somebody, but I mean, it's a gun. You don't have to do anything. You could sit in a wheelchair. <laughs> so I mean, funny. 
I mean, Stephen Hawking could have rigged up the device that would have <laughs> shoot somebody. It's it's a gun. Man. So yeah, I'm I'm glad that they uh, saw quickly through that um, mm-hmm. that obese defense and you know got through the fat layers on that one, if you will. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Next up, Army Reserve sh- shoots Sergeant because he was on the diet. That's like the complete opposite of what we just talked about. Like the complete polar opposite. Right. <laughs> and basically, this is um, this guy's using my wife's defense and saying that he got hangry and took it to a whole new level. <laughs> Says Staff Sergeant Rashad Dalmont was refused vacation time in 2009, and the next year he decided to get revenge against his superior officer. Master Sergeant Pedro Mercado. He shot Mercado six times, killing him, and then drove to a police station to turn himself in. His excuse? A crash diet. He had been ordered to lose 3% of his body fat in one day and claimed the hunger and dehydration had driven him to insanity. He said he had been so delirious that he didn't have control over his actions and that he didn't realize what he was doing. However, the judge didn't buy it and sentenced him to life in prison for his crimes. That's just amazing. So, so for those of you who are listening, your boy Joba was about twenty to thirty pounds heavier about a year ago. So it just makes me think, man, this this makes me really happy. This gives me validation that if I am pissed off at work, and I'm just like, I said, God damn it, I just all of a sudden just you know stab my boss. It's gonna be fine. I'm on a diet, and I really just need carbs. And I, you know, I mean, I'm just so stressed from having to, you know pump the brakes on on eating everything i want to eat then then murder is fine you know murder's whatever you just can't help it you know it's one of those things what are you gonna do what are you gonna do just remember cobs are the enemy cobs are the enemy that's right oh man we, this whole thing is like food based and that brings <laughs> us to, to the next one the twinkie defense junk food diet led a man to kill so this is uh, again is going into the whole you know you eat something, you are what you eat, I guess. So, I guess you better never eat a fucking serial killer. <laughs> so, the murder of Harvey Milk and San Francisco Mayor George Moscone in 1978 was a terrible tragedy. Tra- bleh, tragedy. Let's try that again. And the outcome of the court case was equally horrible. Dan White uh, shot both the men to death and was arrested and tried for murder. During the court case, White's lawyer argued that he wasn't at fault for his actions because he was depressed and had changed his diet to unhealthy junk food, such as hostess cakes. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow this actually worked, and he was given eight years of jail time for involuntary manslaughter rather than a murder charge. This gave his alibi the name The Twinkie Defense. O.M. Jesus. Contrary to popular belief, White's attorney didn't directly claim that Twinkies and junk food were the cause of the killing. However, he did say that they were an aid to the depression and dementia or diminished capacity of White. So, man, I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and one day use the Sour Patch Kids defense because uh, that's that's where I fail. That's where I fail hard. Oh yeah. my! You know, and kudos to this article for not. Uh, referencing the, uh, I think it was the Sean Penn movie, right? Wasn't he the one that yeah, made milk. it? Milk. Milk, yeah. yeah. It was Sean Penn. All oh, right. man. Let's move ne- on to the next. Next up, wealthy killer claims he was too rich to know any better. Oh, this is great. <laughs> another <I'm just> case <laughs> <laughs> Another case of horrible ally for murder comes from a young and wealthy Texas teen in 2013, Ethan Couch was having a party when he decided to drive to a store drunk with seven other teens and didn't at all seem to care when other cars came his way. 
He played chicken with peoples and didn't even slow down when he came across a stalled SUV with people standing around it. He plowed into the group, killing four people and injuring Holy many more. Shit. What a dick. Wow. Couch fled the scene, but was quickly caught and brought to court. During the trial, his lawyers legitimately claimed that it was not his fault he killed those people because he was too well off and sheltered to know that he was doing that what he was doing was wrong. Oh my god, I want this guy to just burn. Just I want him to just Oh god. Here, here comes the, the pun of all puns. They called the condition affluenza. Meaning, uh, you know, from affluent. Yeah. And yeah, the judge yeah. inexplicably uh, bought the alibi. The prosecution wanted to put him in jail for 20 years, but the judge sentenced Couch to merely 10 years of probation and time in a rehab facility. Can you imagine killing four people? Because And then getting off with something like this. And then having some dumbass excuse like that actually aid you in court? Right. That, unbelievable. Yeah. Oh. So it's just the case that the wealthy, you know, well, we won't go into that because that's oh, a bit too man. political, but still, very... Very, very stupid. Mm. My God, that's ridiculously insane. Ugh, I, I just that that article almost makes me too angry to make fun of. <laughs> just like, oh God, that is just ridiculous. Uh, well, we'll move on to the next one before uh, you know, before my anger anger really spouts and you know. And then you up. go kill somebody, and then you have yeah, yeah, this article because I'm too poor. Because I'm too poor, man. If, if if you can be too rich to kill somebody, you could probably be too poor to kill somebody. Listen, man. Just didn't have, it, it just made me angry. I didn't have enough money. You know, it's fine. All right, so the next one is a man claims he's not a killer because he's too, he's too busy using heroin. That, that, you know, that'll fly. That'll fly, right? So the evidence against Alan Biankowski in a 2013 murder case was pretty straightforward. There were bloodstains on his shoes. He frequented the area of the crime and was familiar with the hammer and you, which he used as a murder weapon. Wow, man. You ever seen that uh, Whitest Kids You Know skit, by the way, Ripley? Uh, no, I don't Lincoln, think so. Abraham Lincoln died by being hammered in the ass. It, it, oh, it's hilarious. When we're done, you know, whenever we're done with this podcast and I'll let you to Google uh, Whitest Kids You Know, uh, Abraham Lincoln hammered in the ass. It's an actual thing. So maybe this remind me of. So faced with all this, he offered up an alibi that is as baffling as it is terrible. <laughs> he claimed he was busy doing heroin. According to his account, his day began at 5.30 a.m. when he got up to snort some smack. Chewed. Oh, that's checked. Wow. I hope he didn't chew on a vending If you chew on a vending machine, you're clearly on heroin. Uh, he was checked. He was checked on a vending machine, walked his dog, and then sought even more heroin. Of course he did. He also claimed to have planned or attempted suicide at least twice in the previous days. Not only did this alibi involve admitting more illegal acts, it never contradicted the actual advice that Biankowski. What did I say? The actual evidence. What did I, what did I say? Advice. Uh, advice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the actual evidence. It never con contradicted the actual evidence that Biankowski beat the man to death with a hammer. His defense obviously failed on multiple levels. Wowzers. That the, the lawyer in this case, that his defense lawyer should have been disbarred for such a stupid, stupid defense. That is real bad, man. It, it sucks that to think that this guy like paid money for a defense <laughs> like that. Well, fuck. We'll just say you're 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 too busy using heroin, right? Whatever. It's fine. Oh, that's crazy. Doing some meths or something. I don't know. I mean, whatever you got. All I right. Hate, I hate when we do these things because you always get the good articles. <laughs>
Yeah, this one uh, hits our sweet spot here. Woman kills landlady because she thinks she's in the Matrix. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, one way of saying that you're not really at the scene of the crime is to claim that you're not in the real world at all. But instead, the Matrix is being used. Um, This alibi has been used multiple times with a number of slayings, but the biggest one came in the case of Tonda. Who the fuck names their kid Tonda? Uh, Lynn Ansley. Ansley. In 2002, Ansley began to suspect she was living in the Matrix. As you do. As as you do. (laughs) Right? It's like, whoa, I know Kung Fu. Oh, shit. But actually, Ainsley or Ansley was living in Ohio, and and that, well, yeah. So she thought nothing was real. Apparently, her landlady was giving off evil vibes, and because it wasn't really her <laughs> landlady, Ansley decided to kill her. Apparently I had a she, dollar for everybody that put off evil vibes in my life. I'd be a serial killer. <laughs> my God. <laughs> so yeah, this must have been Agent Smith in sheep's clothing or something. So anyway, yeah. she ended up shooting her in the head. And then at the trial explained that she wasn't really there and it wasn't really a crime because she was in the Matrix the whole time. Oddly enough, this alibi sort of worked. She didn't get away with the crime but was successfully pleaded insanity and sent to a mental care facility rather than jail. Uh, That that is understandable. But uh, in case you're going to go ahead and murder somebody and try to claim that one, I think that one's basically a one and done. So don't because it does say later cases were not so successful. So do not try that at home. Yeah, for real. And if you actually continue on that article, it says at least not this attempt. And then you click it, and it shows you the not guilty by reason of the matrix. And there's like a whole article based on like, it's like a dissertation of like that that reasoning of how, I guess, I don't know if multiple people have used this before, but oh, that's the best one. That's hands down the best one. So... <laughs> Anyway, oh, this next one's pretty strong as well. This is a good. This is a good one. So the woman claims it was self-defense because the the victim put a curse on her. If you like it, then you should have put a curse on it. If you like it, then you should have put a curse on it. If you didn't like it, then I'll fucking stab you in the neck. Sorry. <laughs> um, so some people take the notion of curses very very seriously, as did one Florida woman in 2014, Amanda Lopez had moved to New York to get away from her boyfriend, but began to believe that she was under a curse cast by him. This belief became so strong that she began to feel that the only way out was to either kill him or kill herself. She argued that this forced her to defend herself. So she flew back to Kissimmee, uh, grabbed a steak knife, and stabbed her boyfriend, Fryer, uh, it's an odd name, ten times as he sat on the couch. Wow, one time wasn't enough. He had to do a follow-up nine times. She told the police that it was self-defense, and her mother explained that she had emotional problems. All of this didn't stop Lopez from being charged with first-degree murder. Hmm. You know, that's just be glad we never came across that uh, girl during our Crazy Ex-Girlfriend episode. Yes, for real. I'm like, these Florida people, man. Part of me, as wild and crazy as we've talked about these Florida people on the previous episode and just in general, everything I've heard and seen— kind of want to move there just to like witness some of this crazy shit i mean <laughs> there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on in florida man they are cuckoo for cocoa puffs that is for damn sure mm. wowzers all right well guess we'll uh move on to the next one I'll let you go for it all right so man claims he didn't kill woman but admitted to having sex with her dead body well i'm not <laughs> a murderer i'm just a necrophiliac 
Yeah, so you, you walk so if you were to walk down the street in New York and you walk past like a like a strip club or something, you see like a, a woman laying there, and you know her stuff, and she's laying there, and you're saying, eh, I mean, hey, 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 you want to have sex? I didn't hear you. I didn't she hear didn't you. say no. She didn't say no. So drop trowel, go to town. That's crazy. Okay, yeah. sorry. Oh yeah, you. not a good thing. So anyways. Uh... <laughs> So let's say you've been caught at the scene of a murder. You have blood on you and all the signs to the point that you have done the killing. How would you get out of it? Yeah, just whatever you'd say. It probably wouldn't be as horrifying as what Mark Dixie said when he was caught in a similar situation. Sally Ann Bowman was murdered in 2005, stabbed and bitten outside her home, and her body showed signs that she had been raped. DNA evidence yeah. as well as a bloody fingerprint and uh, bite patterns led police to a chef named Mark Dixie. Jesus Christ. Anyways, hmm. Dixie did admit he committed a crime, but not murder. Instead, he said they had been drinking and taking drugs, and they'd stumbled upon the body turning ah. walk. He admitted that he was a necrophiliac, and that he had had sex with the body when he found it. He explained that fuck? he didn't actually kill Bowman. Horrified, the jury still found him guilty and sentenced him to life in prison. Well, this guy's obviously a psychopath anyway, so even if he didn't kill her, he probably deserves to be in jail. Dixie was getting a little uh, handsy with his Dixie. <laughs> oh man, that's some crazy. Oh, it, it happened in 2015. I think he said 2005 on that one. But so that's even more horrifying, you know, that it was only a few years ago. Holy cow! Yeah. So uh, uh, the moral of the story: don't be a chef. Yeah, for real. And uh, make sure if, if you are if you're in the fetal position at any time in any restaurant, it doesn't matter how bad the seafood seafood poisoning is. Stay the fuck away from the chefs. Make sure that the waiters are helping you out. Man. So, the next one. Multiple people claim they killed while sleepwalking. I mean, that would be... I'll be honest. You know, to break away from the humor here for a second, that would be terrifying. There's been a lot of movies like that where you wake up the next day, you don't remember anything, it's like a dead body next to you, whatever. Normally, in movies, it's more like I got drunk the last night and, like, you know, killed somebody. But to, like, sleepwalk and be a murderer, that would be, like... If that's a real thing, that would suck ass. Okay, so I'll get into it. When people claim not to remember killing someone, most of the time they do it to make themselves seem crazy or in order to try for an insanity plea. However, a few argue that they were sleepwalking instead. There have been multiple murders in which defendants have claimed to not remember the crimes because they were asleep at the time, and some of these people even got away with it. One person who did not get away with it was Stephen Reitz, a man who killed his lover, Eva... God, these names... Eva Weinfurtner. <laughs> Jesus. And Mrs. Weinfurtner. Mrs. Weinfurtner in 2001 while they were on holiday in Santa Catalina. I don't know. My, my, whenever I do an accent, it immediately goes overseas and completely changes the regional boundaries every time. It just goes from one, one accent to another to another to another. So I'll stop and won't, won't kill you with that. So he threw a flower pot at her, cracking her skull open, and then stabbed her in the neck repeatedly. Woo! In court, he claimed he was only acting out a dream and that he was sleepwalking. He also said that he'd been drinking and using cocaine. He probably should have stopped the sleepwalking. Yeah. And that it must have caused the sleepwalking episode. The jury, however, didn't buy it. Wrights had a history of violence and abuse and was too deliberate in the things he did to kill her. He was convicted of first-degree murder. I'd say that trial went down absolutely as it probably should have. I 100% agree. All right, next up, man says he was so smart that he didn't know what he was doing. 
kind of like the Stephen Hawking thing, like you know, being too I'm too rich, I'm or I'm too rich to kill anybody. I'm too smart to kill anybody. How can you be too smart to kill someone? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and of course, he's a computer programmer. I uh, said of when uh, Nina Reeser disappeared in 2000 in September of 2006, her estranged husband and computer genius. Well, that's a little bit hasty mm. there with the titling. Hans yeah, Reiser, yeah. Hans Gruber. Hans was, Gruber, yeah. Was seemingly helpful. As the case uncovered more clues, it became very obvious that he had killed the woman. However, in court, he claimed that he didn't really do it because he had no control over his actions. He said that because he was a progr- programmer, he had a detached view of the world and that he wasn't even sure he killed her. He submitted a thesis trying to prove that it's just as likely, likely she's in Russia or, or that or at the very least, he had been so wrapped up in coding that he wouldn't know what he was doing. In addition, his lawyers also claimed that only geniuses could truly understand the thesis. So the jury and the judge had no hope of understanding his alibi and must therefore take his word for its validity. What? So he, yeah, he basically said that he was so smart that his alibi would only make sense to people as equally smart as him and then sh- called the judge how could you, and the I mean, prosecute the, or judge and jury idiots. Like, basically, how could you say, like, like you, you give your spiel and they're, they're all looking at you like, like crazy and you're like, listen, listen. Y'all wouldn't understand what I'm talking about. Oh, that's so crazy. There, there we have that. So, <laughs> I, I, yay! I finally get a really good one. So, uh, a man, <laughs> a, a man claims a parrot saw someone else do it. Yes, you heard me right. A parrot, the kind that repeats things like "Polly wants a cracker." Wrong. It was him. It was him. Want to get stabbed in the neck? She does. She does. So. Sometimes for a good alibi, you just need a solid witness to help you out. And for some reason, a man thought a parrot would count in that regard. So in Northern California in 1991, a woman named Jane Gill, you think it'd be better if her name was like Jane Wing or something, you know, instead of Gill, it's way more fish. She should have used a fish, uh, was found shot dead in her apartment. Her business partner, Gary Joseph Rasp, was brought on murder charges and evidence was presented trying to, uh, presented tying him to the crime. However, Rass believed there was a witness to the murder, <laughs> the victim's African gray parrot, Max. <laughs> oh, Max. <laughs> the, parrot had, the parrot had been heard to say, don't shoot, and Richard, no, 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 <laughs> over and over and over after the murder. Rasp argued that the African grays are one of the most intelligent types of parrots out there. Was he suggesting that some guy named Richard was the real murderer? Rasp's lawyers <laughs> tried to call the bird as a witness, but the judge wouldn't hear of it. <laughs> Would you say that he wouldn't let that fly? Oh! Man, yes. I, I like it, I like it. So Rasp was found guilty of the crime, and Max was relocated after the trial. Never be heard from in court again. Poor Max. He was such a good witness, and they just dismissed him that easily? Gosh. Unbelievable. Uh, oh, here we go. Teens yeah. say they were hypnotized into killing by rap music okay mm-hmm. now this kind of plays back to the whole acdc made me a murderer thing from the 80s but yeah yeah we'll, we'll go into this so music can take you far off to far off places and that's what a pair of milwaukee teams claimed happened to them when they attacked when they attacked police officers in 1994 on september 7th curtis lee walker and denzis d-e-n-z-i-s-s oh yeah jackson mm. 
Yeah. Planned and executed a sniper attack on a police van that left one officer dead. When they were caught, they said that they had been influenced, even hypnotized, to carry out the attack by Tupac Shakur lyrics. Damn, Tupac. Come on. Come on, Tupac. They said the song was violent and discussed killing cops and that the rhythm and beat was enough to put them into an altered, detached state. In the words of their lawyer, the violent anti-police lyrics appear to have acted as command hallucinations which influenced his behavior. This young man insists that certain passages in these songs are so much a part of his consciousness that it was as if they were just kept playing over and over in his head that night. As you might wow. guess, the alibi did not... Well, there's my pun. Did not fly in court, especially oh, when it is. came to uh, killing an officer of the law. Yeah, uh, good luck with that one. The boys were found guilty and given life sentences for their crimes. That's like being behind the, you know, being behind the stand and being questioned, and and your defense being like, "Well, oh, man, have you ever played like uh, Call of Duty?" And that like ma- like making that your actual you know premise of 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 defense you know like being like uh, you know I was just I played a lot of video games man v- video games they made me numb it's that whole numbing to violence thing you know has that right. been used in court I'm pretty sure it probably has oh, and it's just not oh, in this sure. article yeah I'm sure it has been I'm sure that it just kept getting thrown out though because like Grand Theft Auto oh I yeah I I raped and yeah that's the game because I did it in Grand Theft Auto I thought it yeah. was okay. No, that's no. The, that's the game I was trying to think of, and I couldn't remember the name of it. So, man, that's that's crazy. So, anyways, uh, that that clears it up. But I think that actually brings us to our next sponsor. It does. It does. Do you suffer from constantly being accused of murder? Do your neighbors call the cops on you just because you look like a pedophile, or are you actually an ex-murderer that wants to avoid getting caught? Well, consider your worries slain as ZFG Corporation has solved your problems with this newest tech lineup, Alibi Myself. Alibi Myself uses the latest <laughs> holographic technology to project your likeness in public displays where security cameras are known to be. Just simply choose the time frame, location, and activity, such as dancing, shopping, or drinking uncontrollably, that you want your holograph to do and feel free to partake in any mischief you can manage. Alibi Myself is I'll by myself is not responsible for being an idiot, clearly showing yourself committing illegal acts or getting caught at the scene of the crime. I'll by myself do not drive away, or cannot drive getaway vehicles, hide dead bodies, or operate, operate <laughs> weaponry. Use I'll by myself at your own risk. See, I'm telling you, I, I think that's probably what's happening these days because you know everyone's the argument that Tupac is actually alive, kind of like the Elvis thing, you know? Right. I think he's just ordered one of those, uh, you know, one of those little, like, like one of these things that you're talking about. And because he had a concert, remember that concert where they made him a hologram? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. See, so it plays directly into this. So, uh, yeah. So, you know that this sponsor is legit and it's definitely worth investing. So, make sure if you're listening to this podcast and you hear that sponsor, invest, invest, invest. Mm-hmm. All right. So, this brings us to. Our second part of the uh, the you know the special segment and the special theme that we're going after here, and we're going to do the what would you do? Uh, what, what, what would you do? What would you not, do? Not the Nickelodeon show. Yeah, no, no, yeah, and no affiliation whatsoever to Nickelodeon. I think they probably uh, shame us for even mentioning them in this podcast. So, uh, 
We're going to let, so basically what, what this is going to consist of is basically me and Ripley are going to give each other scenarios and we are going to provide each other with things like, you know, the set, the setting, uh, weapons or anything of choice, just basically a situation. And we're going to have to figure out a way out of, out of said situation. So, and of course, since we are slasher themed, it will be slasher based. So. As soon as uh, Ripley is done throwing bottles at the homeless guy in the corner, uh, we are going to take take it off and have him go first. Oh, well, you know, the homeless guy in the corner was smiling, and he's poor, so he shouldn't be smiling. He, he needs to learn the rules, so I threw a bottle at him. <laughs> oh, my God. Attaboy, Daniel Tosh. Attaboy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is 100% a take from Daniel Tosh. I take no credit whatsoever for the humor. Why is he happier than me? He shouldn't be. I'm rich. Anyways. Right. Uh, so I am. Um, I actually took this exercise in my own creative um, ability, if you will, or lack thereof, and I kind of made it one of those um, "you choose your destiny" type books. Oh, um, fun! And almost the a, a saw themed type uh, situation. Mm. There's a little little bit of a twist in it that I think you'll enjoy. So get ready. Oh hell yeah, I'm ready. Psycho killer. You awaken to find yourself in a relatively small room with walls on three sides and a retractable metal link door as the fourth wall. The room smells of musk and mothballs. You look around and can see the discoloration of the walls from where frames used to hang. You look past the metal link door to see a large corridor with other similar setups across, are spread across and you realize you're in an abandoned mall. You try to pull the, pull the door up but it's bolted shut. You start to look around the room. There's a checkout counter with an old cash register on it. There are old dusty shelves throughout the store, and in the back corner you see what appears to be a Photoshop setup with a, a cheesy background and a chair covered in a black sheet. On the chair is an old Walkman with headphones with a note taped to it reading, Play Me. When you do, the Walkman plays the following message, played in the voice of Siri. Welcome to your final quest. I have rigged this room to fill with poisonous gas in 90 seconds. To unlock the door and prevent the gas from spreading, you must discover the root of all evil. Upon the end of, upon the end of the message, an LED clock starts up, counting down from 90 seconds. What do you do? You are on the clock. Oh shit! Got me on the spot here. Okay, I'm looking around. I'm looking around. I gotta find the root of all evil. Okay, and I'm in there. So is it okay if I look around and I find, uh, like, I'm obviously looking for money or something that costs money. So I go to the register. Right, mm -hmm. I run to the I run to the register. I run to the register. Uh, I smack it a few times, you know. I know. Uh, so it so opens I, up. So it opens it, up. Okay. Inside, you find a key. Congratulations. Oh, thank Christ. Okay, what do I do with the key? What's next? What I, I so the key opens the door. Um, okay. You find the key. You open open up the lock. You open up. All right. So congratulations on finding the key in the cash register and making out. You run out of the shop into the dimly lit mall and find a group of hooded men with spears on your left. So you pull to the right when you find yourself in an, at an intersection in the mall. On your left is an abandoned food court, followed by an exit near uh, next to the entrance of an old shop go. On your right are more small stores on the side with an entrance to the empty J.C. Penney's. Which route do you choose? Oh man! Don't listen to your stomach. Don't listen to your stomach, Joba. Come on. 
Oh, I always sprint past the perfume aisle in JC fucking Pennies, anyways. And I always know I'm fastest when I'm sprinting from perfume, so JC Pennies. All right. As you proceed towards the abandoned JC Pennies, various spotlights turn on and the TV lights up. Here's the first time you see your captor. Wearing a mask with bright red eyes and a metal face with a hood covering his head, he begins to speak. You've made okay. it out of your first trial, but as one, as one that many Terrans could have, you should not feel any amount of achievement for such an easy task. This next trial shall be much more difficult. There's only one path through to J.C. Penney's. To find that path, you must stay away from the area, or stay away from the answer to the following riddle. Okay. What has, what has only one color, but not one size? Stuck at the bottom, yet easily flies. Present in sun, or present in sun, but not in rain, doing no harm, and feeling no pain. Be very careful as you proceed. One false step, and you'll feel as you've been hit with a hadron and force. Just kidding, you won't feel anything, because you'll be dead. Oh, and you better be quicker than a Yaka arrow. You only have 75 seconds to solve this riddle. What the fuck? What do you oh my do? god. Uh, 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 color. Oh my god, I've already forgotten all the shit you just said. Okay, color. Uh, one one color, but lo- but lots of sizes. Lots of colors, one size. Motherfucker. Only I one color, but not okay, one, one size. Stuck at the bottom, yet easily flies. Present in the sun, but not in rain. Doing no harm and feeling no pain. I'm gonna die before the stakes. Ah! Okay. What's the, what's the part after the size again? Say after the size. Color. Stuck at the bottom yet easily flies. Present in sun but not in rain. Doing no harm and feeling no pain. Oh my god. It's making me think of an umbrella. I don't know why. I just keep hearing rain and I think umbrella. And I know that's not it at all. Uh, okay, I'm in JC left. Okay, 30 no, seconds no, left. No, you're, you're in the corridor. Oh, I'm not even in JC Penny's yet? Do no, I run into JC you're heading towards it. So I'm, I, obviously I'm going to sprint into J.C. Penney's and I'm going to go to one color, not one size. The ja- the jacket aisle. The jacket aisle. I'm going to go to the jackets. Again. Ten seconds. No! I'm going to die! Shit! Okay. Um, I'm in J.C. Penney's. I'm going around. Uh, one color, not one size. And in the- time. Jesus Christ! And I just got my head chopped off by a big axe thing. Oh, I actually think it was a big explosion that just incinerated you. So the the riddle was, um, you know, what has only one color but not one size, stuck at the bottom yet easily flies, present in the sun but not in rain, doing no harm, feeling no pain. So the answer was the sh- was a shadow. So it. Oh shit! That as it, made a lot a lot of sense. God and damn. as the thing said, to find that path, you must stay away from the answer in the following riddle. So meaning you have to stay away from your shadow, so you have to stay in the dark. And as I mentioned earlier, various spotlights turn on, so you basically uh. had a, a path to walk through. So if you've at least figured out the riddle, I would have given you the answer. So let's just go, ahead, just because I want you to see the twist that this takes. Yeah, because yeah. I, I we'll just pretend I did that. It. Right. Um, All right. So... I'm going to say this next one in air quotes, or at least this first word. Congratulations on successfully making it past the second trial. As you continue on, more black-hooded men with spears emerge from the shadows. As they they start to chase 
you begin running towards J.C. Penney with a massive ex- when a massive explosion destroys the store in front of you. Through the flames and wreckage, you see a small space pod come in and begin shooting the hooded men. Then they point the guns dr- or pod guns directly at you. In a panic, you yell, "Stop! Stop! I'm on your team! Don't shoot me!" Over the ship's intercom, you hear an angry voice say, "Oh yeah, if you're on our team, I'll give you ten seconds to tell us who we are, or I'll turn you into Zandarian dust." So thinking over the trials that you've had and the references made in them, identify who your would-be saviors are in 10 seconds. Jesus Christ, 10 seconds of Xandarians. I know it's a Star Trek thing. God damn it. It's Star Trek. Dis- I need to figure out who Xandar, Xandar. Who did Xandar go against? Xandar was- oh, no, wait a minute. It's, it's, it's at Guardians of the Galaxy, Xandar. And it was, yep. um, oh, yep. God, I don't no, remember. Guard- they- you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was the correct answer. You did oh, answer it in 12 seconds, though. So. Oh, man. It's ten seconds, two two second leeway. Yeah. So yeah, a couple different references that I made in there. Uh, Yaka arrows are what uh, Yondu shoots. Yondu, Yondu shoots him. Yep, yep, yep. Hadron Enforcer is the gun that Rocket makes to uh, try Dude, to destroy went, Ronin. You went ham on this thing. This is impressive. I did throw some Easter eggs in there, and then the Walkman with the the headphones at the very beginning. Yeah. The, oh, the Walkman. And also the mask. Uh, I tried to loosely describe um, Star Lord's mask. Star Lord's mask, of course. God, this is fantastic. I love this so much. Okay, holy cow. Okay, my wife's even impressed with me making this. I mean, I'm like mind blown. Holy cow. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's it. So at that point, you know, they came in. If you would gotten everything right, they would have came in to save you. You have. You have made it out, and I honestly didn't make anything more than that because uh, I didn't know how long enough. this was go. <laughs> and it was fantastic. Holy cow! I can't believe I even did. I, I'm not gonna say well because I didn't do well per se, but I didn't do horrible, which is also good, I guess. So yeah, no, no you uh, you did struggle on the uh, shadow, but yeah, that one was rough, man. That was hard. I I did have to Google that one. I take no credit for coming up with that riddle, but. Uh, well, you know, Ripley, there's a reason you have to talk really slow when you talk to me. <laughs> that is true. I did repeat it a couple times for you, but uh, I do want to give credit where credit is due, and uh, Teresa did figure out that, that riddle on her own. Mm. Well, kudos to her. She, fan- she did fantastic. <laughs> she absolutely did fantastic. She probably did better than me. I have no doubt. So so All she's right. alive, you're dead. And it's yeah, fun. which, you know, is fitting. It's very fitting, you know, so... Well, I, I'm prepared to get uh, slaughtered here, if you will. So, Well, here we but, go. Your slaughter begins now. Mine sort of reads out more like a storybook would read out. So I'm going to read it to you, and then you're going to give me a – you're just going to be on the fly and just tell me, tell me what you would do at the end of it. So, All right. As Ripley slowly drops the overdue financial report off on his boss's desk, he remembers he has to stop by the grocery on his way home. Sneaking toward the car and narrowly escaping being seen by his supervisors, he safely makes it out of the office. If only the rest of his evening was going to go by as smoothly. The sound of his wife Trisha's voice echoes. I said Trisha. Trisha's voice echoes through his head. He remembers all the items she told him to pick up at the store. Scrambling to remember it all, he pulls into an open spot and makes his way inside. Checking his pockets, he realizes he forgot his wallet. The only thing he has on him is a lighter, a Swiss Army knife, 
and the new speed rope he's going to test out later in the gym. He runs back, grabs the wallet, and makes his way inside. As he walks in the front door, a news flash appears on the TV in front of him. <laughs> it looks like the potato pummeler <laughs> has escaped custody and is on the loose once more. A less-than-human monstrosity that has a deadly potato fetish. He was convicted of stalking and killing financial managers in the state of Idaho. <laughs> Even after all the killings, he never found the man responsible for the incorrect numbers that got him laid off as once productive construction gig. Ripley doesn't pay much mind, however, because the only news source he pays close attention to is Close Encounters of the Slurred Kind, a shitty podcast he can't stop listening to. <laughs> as he goes from one aisle to aisle, gathering the necessary items, he realizes how odd it is that no one else is around. As he makes his way past the produce section, he finally spots someone. The almost seven-foot-tall Irishman seemed to be stuffing dozens upon dozens of freshly picked potatoes into a leather du duffel bag. All of a sudden, it's completely clear who this man is. Ripley ditches the cart and dashes to the door, slipping on the pool of blood in front of the register. Just as he hits the concrete, the lights go out. He quickly gets up and races to the doors, locked. He shoots his gaze towards the produce aisle. No one is there, but he sees a hulking mass slowly approaching the front of the store, laughing in a deep voice. What do you do? All right, so is this like a, a normal grocery store, like you know, full service, or this is like yeah. a corner? I was thinking like, like buy I was thinking like type shop. I guess it could be either or. I was thinking like Kroger like, or like, or mom mom and pop grocery shop. Okay, so something you know like six aisles or less type deal yeah yeah more like it yeah, exactly that's what i had in my mind you know okay yeah like something in an urban area that you just kind of like you know hit up to do small grocery shopping or whatever but not like yeah, a superstore or something full service yeah right, i got you no, no, no. Oh, okay all right so since there's nobody in the produce aisle i dart over there and use that to uh, go to the area that has the um, isopropyl alcohol. So okay. I go to the, go grab a couple bottles of isopropyl alcohol, and then head to the aisle that has the. Um, Just for our listeners, and not not me at all. What is that? Well, like you know, just like high content alcohol for cleaning and stuff. Oh, for cleaning wounds. Okay, keep going. Yeah, I, I got you. So something that you know, basically, I'm going for something that's flammable. Or rubbing alcohol, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going for something that's flammable. Next thing I do is I head over and I grab, um, go over to where the paper towels are and grab a couple paper towel rolls. So I start stuffing these a uh, bunch of paper towels into the ice or to the rubbing alcohol, and with my lighter, I light them and start throwing them at the potato pummeler. Pummeler. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Assuming that this guy is, you know, kind of like the Jason Voorhees fire only distracts him for a minute, isn't going to take him down for the effect. I head over to the pots and pans section and I grab there you go. There you go. the biggest pots and pans that I can find. And I go and I, as fast as I can, I run to the front of the store and I just hurl the motherfuckers at the windows <laughs> as hard as I can, trying to yes. shatter the window and get yes. out. Yes. Okay. Assum okay. Assuming that doesn't work, I give up because I'm fucked. <laughs> oh man oh man you also you also had a uh, you had a speed rope on you 
And you also have uh, a Swiss Army knife that you could have done something with for sure. You know, you could have like sliced a kiwi's heel. I was thinking in the same vein with a speed rope. I was thinking of potatoes, like you know, cutting potatoes with a speed rope. <laughs> I thought if you was if you was throw in my mind, in like my mind, Indiana Jones witch, yes, just like yes. in my mind, in my mind, this motherfucker's like, oh, 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 just slinging potatoes at you, and you got your speed rope out, and in pure. <laughs> In, in pure John Woo form, in John Woo form, you're just whoosh, like just cutting them in half as they spread past my face. Yeah, that's um, what I had. That that would be fantastic. The whole cutting the Achilles thing, I, I'm probably not running towards a yeah, you might want to uh, deranged psychopath. Yeah, even with a little Swiss Army knife, because I don't think that would even cut through his bootstrap. But uh, I, was, I was being generous. It's like Swiss yeah. Army knife. There's a lot of stuff on them. One of those things. I'm, I mean, I would I would run and grab a butcher's knife and throw it at his face, but I, I'm, and I'm could, not going close. could have got creative because I didn't, I didn't name what things were on the Swiss Army knife. I thought maybe you could, like, you would come up and be like, well, this is a special Swiss Army knife that I got off Amazon for a whole lot of money, and it's got, like, a little, <laughs> I don't fucking know, a, a gun on it. I don't know. You know <laughs> a little BB gun attachment. Yeah, yeah. Or it's, it's it's got mace on it for some reason. For some, you, just, you press a button, it just shoots fucking mace out. But uh, did you like how I used Idaho and potatoes for you? <laughs> I did. I appreciated it. Yeah, good references. Uh, I, I uh, suppose another option would be you know because these usual these mom and pop stores they don't have good aisles. So like if you knew that he was on the opposite side of the, or opposite side of the aisle from you, you know like one aisle over, like run and jump into the aisle and hope to just like crush him with it. Especially yeah, if he's yeah. in like the canned goods aisle, that'd be a great one because it's so oh, heavy. Yeah. That would but be good too. That being said, I'm probably already dead. So I think yeah. your scenario that you laid out was fantastic because it gave you literally like how we planned it, like an escape route. You were able to leave get over there, you know, injure him and get the fuck out. So I think it was definitely well played. I think this was a fantastic segment. I think we both get some gold stars here. <laughs> Well done. That actually worked out a lot better than I was expecting. So I, ag- for... I agree. Oh, my God. That's awesome. So next up, uh, continuing our slasher theme, let's go ahead and go into some of our favorite, both for being great and so and being so goddamn bad, uh, yeah. slasher films. So there's obviously a, a big list to choose from here, and we've got about 15 ones laid out. Um, so... Let me start off because you obviously are the horror master. Aficionado. Here. The yes, horror the aficionado. Not to be confi- uh, confused with the aficionado of whores, but That's, horror. Yeah. Well, I guess I could possibly be that be that too. Yeah. Well, you never know. So uh, I'm going to start off with actually probably my favorite one on the list. And uh, I, I think you're a pretty big fan of this one as well is uh, American Psycho. Oh, yeah. American Psycho is probably one of my favorite because it's such an ambi- – well, I guess – should we say spoiler alert when we do this? I guess we should. The film is like 15 years old. I, I You know, I – Most of these are, so I guess – but just to be generous to the to the people listening, you know, you're, you're about to hear some serious plot details. So if you haven't seen these movies, you should probably just kind of fast forward. When you hear right. the title, you hear the title – Fast forward or press pause or just close your eardrums. So, anyways, we can continue now with that being said. But, no, this, right. this is a great one, dude. American Psycho is fantastic. Yeah, he's, um, you know, it's got Christian Bale. He's uh, pre-Batman. He 
and he does a great job of playing a psychopath. I mean, he's completely disillusioned. He's almost like the the guy too rich to realize that he's doing anything wrong. He just he has these murderous tendencies and urges and but the best part about the film is that at the end you're still not really sure if it all happened. Still, if it's in his head or not. That's the best. I was about to say it's a very ambiguous ending where he cuz he calls and he, he like he admits to everything he's done to his I guess lawyer or somebody. And his co-worker, and yeah. Did you remember specifically one line from it? He's like, I even chilled their brains, and I I, I, I ate them. I, I tried them out. And the guy on the other line's like laughing. Like, he's like, he thinks it's funny. And he's like, he's like saying he has heads in his freezer. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, it's good. It's a good-ass movie. Oh, my God. And some of the more weirder scenes, you literally see, like, the the whole sex scenes where he's like, flexing at himself in the mirror while he's having sex is just like comical and then yeah, uh, nobody, nobody, does, nobody nobody does that yeah. <laughs> and and then the dropping the chainsaw on the girl from the stairwell yeah from the stairwell god that was crazy yeah that was so weird like it's like really really when he goes when he goes to the uh the atm machine and it starts talking to him telling him to put like things in it that aren't real money like do you remember that part that was weird and creepy like he goes he kills a homeless guy then he goes to the atm machine the atm machine's like feed me a a dog or he goes and finds it do you remember do you remember that like yeah that was weird 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 my god but it's so good it is and christian bale knocks it out of the park he's a great psychopath i mean we've all seen his uh terminator uh salvation breakdown i'm pretty sure so (laughs) yeah i'll know that he can can absolutely be uh, probably a real psychopath. So it was perfect for the part. And I will never look at business cards the same way. Jesus Christ, that that is also one of my favorite references in the professional world. When I'm doing business cards, I always make like, like I'll sit there and like sidebar with my coworker and go, "Fuck, silver lining on the top," and then the raised the raised abrasion. <laughs> and stand out so much more than the rest of the mundane business. It's always so funny. All right, so we will leave the American Psycho, and we will go to the next one here. And I guess I will just pick a random one on the list because I've seen a ton of them. So we'll go with uh, let's do let's just start with the first one, Halloween. There's been a million of them. We've all loved Halloween. Um, the franchise has spawned many a movie. Uh. I was absolutely not a fan at all whatsoever of Rob Zombie's Halloween. I did not like them. They didn't scare me. They were just fucked up and weird. And I like fucked up, obviously. Uh, but I didn't like this movie. I'm not a fan of... I'm just not a big fan of Rob Zombie movies. I've seen his... Uh, uh, the Devil's Rejects series with all those movies. And I just... I'm didn't just not, you do a House of a Thousand Corpses as we well? did. That one also. Isn't that did, the one where Paris Hilton dies? No, that's House of... Isn't that House of Wax? That's House of Wax. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. yeah isn't that one. And she makes an appearance on Supernatural, by the way, since we, this, is a, this is a Halloween-based episode, and it's also kind of a sci-fi fantastical podcast. It's relevant, I guess. But, yeah, she makes a, an appearance on that show, too. So she must like some scary shit, some Supernatural stuff. But, no, Halloween, I love... The first one's fantastic. Halloween 2... I think Halloween 2 was the one that had nothing to do with actual Halloween, and it went with that witch's curse. Do you remember that? They made a sequel. Yeah, I can't remember if it was Halloween 2 or Halloween 3. But it was bad. It was very bad. I liked Halloween, Halloween H2O, and um, of course, you got to throw in the Halloween, ver- or the Freddy versus Jason stuff is pretty awesome, too. Um, 
wait, Freddie. Halloween, I just said Halloween three was the witch's curse. Yeah, and I also just said Jason, which yeah. is a Friday Thirteen thing, like a dumbass. So, yeah, uh, Michael Myers hasn't had any crossovers, has he? Yeah, which made me just sit there and go, wait a minute. I know in a previous episode we, we referenced Jason X. That's another one. I keep doing Friday the Thirteenth. Jesus, sorry. I'm like, man, again with the ganja, man. I gotta get off that ganja. But uh, the Halloween, the newest Halloween movie, the self-titled uh, Halloween Two. Did you see that? The sequel that they they did that where they 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 made it canon in the sense of none of the other ones except for the first one. This movie was a direct sequel to the first one. Did you see that? No, I didn't, but I know what you're talking about. It wasn't bad. If you can imagine Home Alone in a much more serious, deranged way where there's like booby traps and, you know, of course it ends ominously where you're not quite sure what the fuck's happening. It's good. It's a good one. I won't give too much away. It's, it, was, it wasn't a bad one. I can't wait to see the next one. So, um, anyways, you know, we'll, uh, move on. All right. Very good. So next one, we'll go to one that absolutely scared the living piss out of me when I was a kid. And that's, uh, Friday the 13th. So, ah, again, I'm sorry that I referenced Friday the 13th a million times in the last one. No, it's okay. We all know you're an idiot. So, so, uh, my, like when I was in like fourth or fifth grade, like I, me and like three or four other kids, we all hung out together. You know, we it was our group of friends or whatever. And for whatever reason, these psychopaths loved horror movies, especially Friday the Thirteenth. And so, because like, they're awesome. <laughs> and so, I'd always go, or you know, we go stay over the night or stay the night at each other's houses. And these psychopaths' moms would like rent them, like Jason and shit, like or Friday the Thirteenth and stuff. And so, what I kind believe... of people did you hang out with, man? I wasn't allowed to watch this shit, man. I I always felt like I was breaking the rules and being cool when I could watch this because my parents were like, "Fuck that!" Like I said, psychopaths and their mothers. It, it was <laughs> funny, but yeah, because yeah. I remember going to like the video store. Yeah, old reference there, and uh, and they'd go pick out like two horror movies, give it to their mom to go check out. Like it. You know, as long as they didn't have to deal with it, I mean, they didn't really care if they scared the shit out of me because I wasn't going to be their, you know, their problem past that night. So yeah. Anyways, no, long story short, I think the first uh, Friday the Thirteenth I watched was the fourth one where I think it was. There's Jason so Lynch. many. This the is one, a franchise that has so many. Yeah, you got to tell. Way me too one. many. So it was the one where they did, at the very beginning of the movie, um, one I think it was Tommy digs the guy uh, or digs jason up because he it, oh like, and he's stupid a, nefarious like, reason and, and he, like, i remember lightning being in this one yes Something gets yeah he like plunges him with like a metal rod iron yeah. post, and, and then, then lightning, lightning strikes, strikes it and of course it, and it comes to life i remember this one That's, yes yeah, yeah. and uh, i watched like 25 minutes of it. and remember i'm about 10 11 at this time and oh, like i just Man. looked at my friend's mom and like I, I, I can't watch this anymore. And so she like took me to her bedroom and I don't even remember what I watched, probably like Cartoon Network. Or at a later like at that. a later time in your life, uh, your friend's mom taking her to your bedroom would have been a really good thing. <laughs> well, except this friend's mom actually has passed away has since passed away. But anyways. And now uh, I feel horrible about myself. <laughs> so anyways, uh, that is what I remember. And honestly, like, I'll still have dreams where Jason chasing me because he's just so 
fucking indestructible. Like, what do you, what do you do? I yes, mean, I'm pretty sure they've nuked him in a movie and he still lives. <laughs> I know. I mean, like like the one we've referenced in the past. We've done uh, Jason X. He literally gets cryogenically frozen and taken to space and comes back to life. Right. I mean, insane. It, it, it's nuts, but um, yeah. I mean, and the funny thing is, most people don't even know that the first one was wasn't even Jason. It was his mom. Yeah, it was his mom. That's right, because the Camp Crystal Lake thing starts, and it's the yeah, the mom's the one who's killing people and all that. And he he starts because of the mom's death, and it makes him, you know, turn into himself, I guess. Right, and then there's always you know Friday the Thirteenth, um, Jason in New York, which is just yeah. a hilarious, you know, um, just like a premise. The the premise is just ridiculous, but I did like. Um, Freddy vs. Jason. I thought Freddy vs. Jason was, was entertaining. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask your take on that, and I also wanted to ask your take on the 2009, I believe it was, reboot with uh, Jared Padalecki. I wanted to see how you felt about that one, too, because I liked it. Everyone was like, oh, it's not very good. I mean, I thought it was I thought it was good. Did you like that I, one? I have not seen it. Oh, yes, you have. I know you've probably seen that one. It's, it's the, it, I say reboot. It's, it, was a, it was literally just called Friday the 13th. You didn't see that? Nope. Wow, it's worth a watch because you know, being a fan of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, and also being one of the first movies to make you make you realize that you know, pissing the bed doesn't stop when you're five years old. Sometimes, um, it's it's worth watching. It's not bad. Uh, I like I said previously, I love Supernatural, and uh, that show is fantastic. And I think uh, Jared, I almost said Jared, Jared Padalecki's a really good actor, and I thought that movie was not total garbage it wasn't a dumpster fire it wasn't like star wars last jedi bad so and in my opinion it's, it's worth giving it a watch but uh right. duly noted all right so let's go ahead and move on to the next one on the list we do have quite a few to get through so i think oh, we're kind of hitting the, these big hitters a little bit more than we'll hit some of the ones later on the list yeah yeah i'll go to let's see texas chainsaw massacre and that that's that title could also read like Going, going to your exes, for, or going to your exes for Thanksgiving, or going—I mean, going to your current if you have a really bad relationship. Going to your current girlfriend's house for Thanksgiving. Going to her family's house. I don't know. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was fantastic, and the recent 2000s one was super scary. I have actually yet to see the 70s version, which I've heard is like still to this day relevant in terms of like the fear factor. I don't know. Have you seen either of those of those movies? Um, I've seen parts of one. Didn't they do one in like the early two thousands? Yeah, that's the, that's what I'm saying. That they did it. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a two thousands remake of the seventies movie of the same name. Right. And seventies one I've heard is where, you know, stuff like movies like this kind of took off, and it was one of those. Um, it was to horror of the slasher genre, sort of to what like The Exorcist was to the 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 demon movies you know what i mean it was kind of the precursor to the rest of those so right yeah I, i'm pretty sure i saw uh the 2003 one but it, it it's been a long time but yeah it's uh and you know they attribute ed gene or gene i don't know how you pronounce his last name but he's kind of been the um like the background or you know the inspiration for a lot of these horror characters but i think Leatherface is probably the one where he's yeah, yeah. most inspired. Which, by the way, 
Don't watch the the movie Leatherface. Have you seen it? It's a prequel. It's a prequel to the entire Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's got the kid who plays in uh, Maze Runner acting. I'm pretty sure that's the same the same actor. Uh, he plays a young Leatherface, and it's horrible. So bad. Sam Strike. I'm pretty sure. I think it's the same kid. I don't know. I'm using um, my mind's eye here. Uh, it's not showing him. It was his... such a shitty movie. My God, it was bad. And they also, also just, just to be a dick, uh, they did nope, make it. not him. It's not him? Oh, man. It, they, they bear striking resemblance, I think. Which, what did you say he, you thought he was in? I thought he was in Maze Runner. I thought the kid was in Maze Runner, who played Leatherface, Leatherface in the, the movie Leatherface. Yeah, that was probably way off. Uh, yeah, uh, Dylan O'Brien was that one. Was that uh, kid? Okay. Okay. Sam Strike was the Leatherface. The other one was the one in Leatherface. Okay. We all make mistakes, you know, some more than others. <clears throat> Me, but uh, what I was gonna say is like they made. I was gonna say I'm, I'm gonna be a dick here. They they made a bunch of offshoots at Halloween, and I want everyone in the world to know that Matthew McConaughey played in a failed Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel. Everyone should know that. Everyone. I hate it when actors who are A-list actors try to weasel their way out of being in shitty movies. You can't be in good movies until you've waded your way through shitty movies. I'm sorry. That's kind of how the world works. So to everyone listening, Matthew McConaughey is just like everyone else. Which one was he in? You got you to gotta get through the sour before you appreciate the sweet. He was in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, I think. I think it was called The Beginning. I'm not quite sure. It was check Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Followed by something. So yeah, there is one called the beginning in two thousand six. Yeah, I'm pretty, and that I think that's probably the right time. Well, maybe you can see. No, it, well, that one shows Matt Bomber, Bomer, whatever his name. All is you'd have, it. all you'd have to type in is Matthew McConaughey, Texas Chainsaw, and he'd come up. It's it's one of the shittier ones. I mean, it's probably the shittiest of them. But they've done so. The Hollywood has done. So much due diligence trying to wipe that memory from existence and make sure that no the one... next generation. Yeah. Okay. 1995. That's... Oh, my yeah. good. So Rotten Tomatoes score of 14%. Yeah, it's bad. So, yes. Yeah, so it's also got Renee Zellweger, by the way. Yeah. Okay, so there's two A-list actors on there. She's done a better job of hiding it because I think it, the, the media made a stink about him trying to get removed and everyone realized it, you know, so. Anyways. His name is Vilmer Slaughter. And if you if you look at if you look at the poster or like the video poster or whatever to it, he's got this cuckoo face that's just like, oh yeah, that's bad. And she's got her O face. Oh 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 oh. Oh my god, that is fantastic. All right, I'd probably be good. okay with an early Renee Zellweger O face. I probably wouldn't say no to that. She, you would not put the uh, well, she wouldn't put the O and no for you. All right, very good. True. <laughs> hey, uh, Teresa makes a good point. You probably wouldn't say no to your to her older face either. It's probably right. She's probably correct. So uh, next one we'll go to is another one that scared the living shit out of me when I was a kid. And you may be getting a theme that I did not like horror movies as a kid. Uh, Scream. I watched. Oh, uh, I watched. Scream the, scared you. Scream scared you. Oh man. Well, I mean. This yeah I I mean I watched it as soon like right after it came out on well at this time VHS and I was so okay. I was like ten and I I never did well with that type of shit anyway and so I watched this scene where 
they killed Drew Barrymore's character, and I was like, yeah, nope, the very I'm beginning. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, I'm done. Have you like, seen? Have you seen the Saturday Night Live? Uh, what's his name? Who's the funny guy who who uh, has dated everyone? Dated that pop star who sucks for a long time, who doesn't know how to use like proper grammatical anything. Azalea? No, it's not Iggy Azalea. Who's the other one? She's the. She looks like she's twelve, yet dudes are constantly like, "Oh, she's so hot," and I'm like, "Aria, Aria on the Grande." Grande. Yes. Who? What's his name? The guy who dated her, and he's also dated. The other end of the spectrum, uh, Kate Beckinsale dated her crazy. You, oh my God, the guy from Saturday Night Live. Yes, that guy, that, Pete Davidson. Is that Pete, Pete Davidson. Yeah, he did, he did an SNL thing that was uh, making fun of riffing on on Scream as the Chad character. Have you ever seen the Chad episodes that he's done? He's like, he's like, okay, yeah, okay, cool. He just he's, he's got like one one word responses for every question poised to him, and like he's he makes the dumbest jokes. Like he'll he'll fart around, he like, safety, and he'll he'll laugh. Like if someone says something, everybody he'll go, ha, 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 boobs. <laughs> it's just it's really funny. But he doesn't. She apparently made a song called Pete Davidson. Ariana Grande did, and it, the song starts out with mm, yeah, yeah, I thought you into my life. Whoa, look at my mind. Yeah. No better place or time or a time. Fuck me! I just went. The fact that those are actual lyrics in a song today right. makes me just. Oh man. I I I mean I I mean this in the best way possible, and I know that's not going to come across this way. But after reading those lyrics, I feel like I'm qualified for the Special Olympics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, can't wait to watch you knock every hurdle down on the way. <laughs> Like Daniel Tosh says, Ruben in lane six is chewing is, on the second man. hurdle. He's chewing on the thing. You can't help but laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Man. Anyways. That probably does it for Scream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's about all you need to know. Upon watching it later in life, like I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. Like, And some of the, th- again, with all horror movies, some of the scenes are kind of preposterous, like Rose McGowan getting yeah. killed by the garage door. I still don't understand how that works. Because I put like three ounce, or three pounds of weight on my garage door, and that son of a bitch will not go up. They're like, Mm-mm, we're not doing it. <laughs> and this is one of those franchises that lasted way too long. I mean, well, I'll be honest. It's a, it went into a TV series. I know. And they've redid the mask. And in my opinion, there's certain things that you can't redo. That's like them contemplating in Hollywood of redoing um, – What's the movie that everyone loves? The fantasy movie that it's it's great. It's a it's a nineties. Uh, oh, he's got blonde hair. He's got a, he's got the black. He almost looks like Zorro, but he's not. I can't believe I can't I can't remember the name of this. You're gonna want to slap me. All our listeners are gonna quit listening because we can't remember the name of it. It's a storybook. It's got Fred Savage being read to and a and a, the Deadpool riffs on it. What's? Oh my God! Do you not know it either? Am I alone in this? The Never Ending Story. No, no, that's not. no, no. Well, that's fantastic, fantastic movie for a different episode. Um, oh my God, they're redoing it. It's ew. you said Fred the, Savage is in it. Fred Savage is in it. Like, I can't believe we're doing. We have to do this much research for this movie. Uh, I have like, no idea. I feel what like you're Teresa about. would have already jumped what? in and been like, "It's this one. It's this one." Uh, Teresa says, anyways, but there's little monsters, the wizard, no one would tell. A guy walks into a bar, jungle book, the rules of attraction. No, vice versa, runaway Ralph, the princess bride. 
The Princess Bride. Jesus Christ. Yes, The Princess Bride. And I don't even know what my point was at this I, we, we did so much investigative journalism here trying to figure it out. Oh, Why didn't re- you say Carrie Ules? Because I don't know who that is. Is that the girl who played that's, from no, House Cards? That's, that's the main guy. Like, because I said I, I said blonde hair with the black stuff on looked like Zorro. I said I just didn't say his name. <laughs> okay. You could have said the guy that was Jerry from Liar Liar. Oh yeah, the claw is going to get you. He's gonna get you. <laughs> Jerry, enjoy my wife. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so Okay, yeah. So my point was saying that Hollywood likes to ruin a good thing with reboots. Like they're planning on rebooting that movie, which is a sin in my opinion. It's like trying to reboot uh Back to the Future and it was just saying we were talking. Oh God, what movie are we even on right now? We're talking about reboots. We just uh, scream. Yeah, so that's that was my point. It was just a very convoluted, you know, uh, digressed, hardcore opinion on the Scream TV series, saying they changed the mask, and the mask is a staple. You can't change the mask, man. That's what th- the mask alone scared me. The movie didn't scare me, but the mask was freaky. So I don't know. That was my point. I didn't mean for it to get so long and. Uh, you know, drawn out. So my apologies. That will happen. All right. Yeah, you're up. All right. So speaking of really dumb ways people die, because we did talk about in that last one here, you said there was a scenario that was very unbelievable. And we're going to briefly hint on this and make it really quick, because I don't think many people really want to talk about it. But the last house on the left, the head in the microwave scene, we we have to go over that. Have you seen the last house on the left? I hope you haven't. If you No, I have not. Okay, don't watch it, uh, especially don't watch it with Teresa. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. Basically centers on uh, a girl getting revenge after uh, not not saying yes to some sexual consent. Uh, But one of the death scenes in the remake is hilarious, and it's very memorable in the sense that it could never happen. Basically, they put this guy's head in a microwave, and without shutting the microwave door... They plug it in and, and set it to, I don't know, max. Wave <laughs> set it to done. Put it. I mean, he they microwave the dude's head. It explodes in the microwave, and it's super cheesy. It's horrible. It's ridiculous, and it's very memorable for that alone. So, anyways, if, if yeah, you ever gonna, definitely can't happen, but yeah. So, anyways, from that, that's all we're gonna say about that one. Let's move on to the next. But speaking of microwave scenes, I think the most realistic one comes from Kickass. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where no, the but I don't kick ass. Yeah, so the they put the or um the mobster uh God, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank. But anyways, um you know the bad guy of the film um puts the one bad of his guy head... kid McLovin. No, the, no, no uh, the first kick ass. So um, oh McLovin, that's right. He was in kick ass too, wasn't he? Well, he was in both of them, but his dad was the bad guy in the first one. Like, okay yeah anyways yeah. so he puts one of his henchmen that screws up in this giant microwave that they use for lumber and they because it's i mean it's huge it's like a walk-in freezer and he puts them in that it's, and it's eventually huge. they explode it's, huge. it's fucking huge it's fucking and, huge but yeah that he microwaves them and they, they do explode but at least like their whole bodies in that the door shut everything makes sense there a microwave does not turn on if the door is not shut. 
like exactly that's standard. the point the, the stupidity that that's involved with that that they actually put that in a blumhouse movie picture i think it was blumhouse that produced it i'm not sure i mean it doesn't matter the fact that any any production team said that was a cool thing to do just just makes me laugh i'm like wow okay they'll accept anything in hollywood Right. All right. So uh, next one is I know what you did last time. We kind of talked about this one a little bit last episode um, with my little own experience with a guy in a wide brimmed hat and a, mm-hmm. you know, a shadowy figure in a wide brimmed hat. Also, you know, at the time scared. Well, didn't scare me as much as Scream did, but it was this one was kind of a little bit more stupid. Like this one had all the cliches and tropes in it, like. Oh, I'm running away from a killer that's walking, and I trip, and I'm on the ground for three minutes because nobody knows why, and yet he still exactly. catches up to me, even though he's walking the whole time. Like that, that whole stupid stuff, and then like, I know what you did last summer is about a fisherman that like has no mystical <laughs> yeah. powers, and Hook yet the son hand. of a, exactly, and yet the son of a bitch keeps coming back to life, like just stupid, and yeah. it was falling on this, you know, all the. Um, you know, the hype that Scream got and like, oh, let's put more, you know, teen hot heartthrobs into this or, you know, and so we get Jennifer Love Hewitt and uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar. And it's like, fuck me. Why don't you guys go just go make, you know, she's all that. For God's it's a pretty sakes. Star- it, it was a very star studded cast. I will say that. I mean, for the time that it was in and, you know, it, it was pretty, pretty heavily heavily a a list material for the time you know what i mean right right and like the next one had like mckay pfeiffer and yeah it's just but either way just just dumb and then like the one girl gets killed and like at her pageant and i don't know the whole thing just yeah um, crazy kind of dumb and stupid yeah all right but going on to the so moving on and we're also following suit with the whole hook for a hand being a scary thing a movie that in my opinion, was fantastic, and I'd only ever heard great things about, and I actually saw it for the first time maybe like two weeks ago. So this is a perfect one to bring up right now because it's fresh on my mind. I finally decided to watch Candyman. Have you ever seen Candyman? No, but they're remaking it. I know, and I can't wait. The guy who played Candyman is a very prolific, prolific, prolific? Yeah, yeah. I think I said right. that right. Uh, uh, presence in the horror community. He was in Final Destination. He played the mm-hmm. really creepy ominous dude who talked about death a lot he's he's in all a lot of horror movies and he's a fantastic guy but he plays this character i don't remember the character's name it's, it's basically this this uh oh, i don't even know i don't even know how to like explain it, it this this it's, a, it's an urban legend in this project area where there's a lot of crime a lot of bad things happening daniel and... robitaille was his... yes yes he's so good he's 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 fantastic and he plays this really scary part of this this legend that doesn't that that's a lot of that scares a lot of the project kids the kids who you know that's it's a thing they use to scare the the local kids out of doing things you know and as time goes on there's this investigative journal journalist lady who's married to this college professor and she starts investigating it the sightings of this person and starts delving deeper into that urban legend and the myth surrounding it and ends up realizing that it's for real and then she's way more entangled in it than she realizes and in the whole the whole thing at the very end is like was she the one the entire time doing things or was there really a spirit of somebody 
doing these bad things alongside her. And it, it leaves, it's another one of those open-ended movie endings where you're like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. And it's really good. It's a cool watch. It's definitely, of all the ones we've listed here, it's probably one of the most quality ones that I can't, I mean, it's going to be a great remake. I don't know, I can't speak to the sequels because I've only seen the first one, but I know that the first one is definitely worth a watch. So anyways, right. that's what, oh, he's got a hook for a hand. I guess that's where we, I didn't, I didn't say that. He's got a hook for a hand. So kind of why I led into that. So next one. All right, yeah, so next one, um, one that I kind of alluded to, well, actually, no, we'll go with a different one, uh, one of the quality ones, and one that, that this episode's getting the same after, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, oh, I yeah. I haven't really seen a whole lot of the original ones. Um, I did see Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, I understand, like, the the corniness of Freddy Krueger and, the only cool. ones you really need to watch is the first one, Freddy versus Jason, and maybe the reboot if you kind of want to watch the reboot. The one without Richard England? Yeah, yeah, the one without him uh, that was played with the guy who was in Watchmen. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, he played Rorschach. Jason, or, yeah, Jackie Earl something? Something, another. something or other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyways. Um, very interesting premise, I guess. The whole, you know, can be killed only in your dreams. Uh, um, genius premise and kudos to whoever wh- who's the director of this movie super famous director uh the uh, first one it was um craven west craven, craven right? yeah yeah west craven yeah it's super awesome for capitalizing on that and making a really cool scary villain because i think that's one of the best premises ever getting killed in your sleep holy shit nightmares are scary enough man knowing you're gonna die just adds to it Right, it's self-perpetuating. So again, yeah, like you said, it's pretty genius. Um, and Richard England did a great job as Freddy Krueger. Loved Freddy vs. Jason. I mean, it was cheesy, but it was also funny, entertaining. Had a good mix of like horror with comedy action. It was very well blended, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, uh, one of Johnny Depp's one of Johnny Depp's earliest appearances too. That that is true as well, and I think there's a pretty interesting YouTube clip out there from one of the scenes. I can't remember what it involved, but I want to say it was really just fucked up. I I I watched Most it, and I, but yeah. Anyways, um, we'll go ahead anyway, and move on. So I'll go into one that I'll be honest. I've only seen the first one, and I'm kind of wanting to watch sit the second one and go deeper into it. But I know it's really really fucked up movie is Hellraiser. Uh, it really, when I was little, Pinhead scared the living tits off me. Oh my God, that guy was... Uh, just the movie cover of him with the fucking the needle pins in his face, like the acupuncture <laughs> fetish he had, was really scary. Uh, if, have, you, have you ever seen that movie? I don't know if you have. No, and I, to be honest, Whoa. I actually don't even know the premise of this one. I, I know what it is, I know, and I know Pinhead, but I, I don't well, know premise, anything about it. This guy gets a, I forget what it's called, it's a box. It's basically, I forget what you call it, a Pandora's box or some kind of box, and he opens it, and I can't remember the reasoning of it in the beginning, but he, he the guy gets it from a collector in like the Middle East or something. It's, it's a rare, rare object. He gets it, and it opens up. A, a serial killer uses it in the beginning for serial killer stuff and it's real stupid but basically what this box is basically it's a gateway to hell and you open it and stuff comes out kind of like the pandora's box thing and so it unleashes these beings called the cenobites and the cenobites are these 
alternate dimension beings from a, a realm outside of the one that we know and understand. And they're like, they, they blend with, so that they like, they say plant pain is pleasure and pleasure is pain. And it's like, they're all one and the same. It's this really fucked up, scary dimension where, I don't know. You, you could Google it. You could do the Wikipedia thing if you want and look at it or the IMDB, but like it's super effed up movie and they bring them into the real world. And there's the, their leader is called pinhead, which he gets that term, that term coined later on in the sequels, which I, I did. I, I mean, I watched the first one and I was like, I'm kind of interested in this. So I looked it up a little bit and just wanted to look at, you know, how things played out and why they were what they were. But it's a really effed up movie. There's a whole lot of, of you remember in the in a previous previous episode when Ziggy Quinn was on and we were talking about Event Horizon being very similar to that movie. Mm-hmm. Some of the scenes from Event Horizon, which is one of my favorite sci-fi horror movies, we were we were talking about the gore. The amount of gore that's involved in this movie is extremely high. This is one of the goriest movies ever, and Clive Barker is a master at the. Uh, the blood and the guts and the oh my god turn it the fuck off type of stuff so really fucked up movie if you ever get a weird hinkling to watch it and want to see what i guess hell would look like in real life then watch you some hellraiser so moving on very nice very nice all right uh next up we'll just give a brief homage to psycho um the Mm. first one the alfred hitchcock and not the Oh yeah, um, Vince Vaughn one. I think everybody knows it. And yeah, nope, no thanks. Yeah, unnecessary, so. unnecessary movie in my opinion. Right, and um, we don't need to talk about the whole Oedipus complex or anything like that. You should watch yeah. Bates Motel. Have you ever seen Bates Motel? No, I have not. Such a good show. It's a prequel to Psycho, and kind of a different take on it. Actually, if you watch it from beginning to end, it's a whole different scenario how it unfolds. So. I guess that's all we really need to say, though. I think everyone knows what Psycho is. Right. Why don't you take us to the next one? Child's Play. So, who doesn't love some Chucky in their life? I watched uh, the Chucky remake, the one that just came out, and with Mark Hamill voicing him, and it was actually, I enjoyed it. It was enjoyable. It was funny. It actually made you feel bad for the character of Chucky, which is extremely... That homeless guy in the back still just doing weird shit. Yeah, he's throwing bottles and dumpster diving and doing all that shit. Yeah. God, homeless people. Still wonder why you uh, invite homeless people into your house anyways. Uh, so, Chucky's a great movie. Uh, the remake, fantastic. I liked it. It was entertaining. It wasn't a terrible movie at all. The, if you're going to watch the originals, I'd say probably Child's Play is the only one you really need to watch because they get real weird after that. There's like Chucky's Bride and stuff, and they just get Bride real. Bride Chucky, yeah. yeah. Jennifer Tilly, your girl. Dude, oh, I have lost so many a sperm count on that woman. It's unreal. My God. First ever. First ever right there. Yeah, Jennifer Tilly. Heart goes out to you, girl. If you're listening, if you ever listen, I don't care if you're 60 years old, I'll take you into my bed right fucking now. So, anyways, next. All right, next up, <laughs> uh, we'll do Saw. I made a quick, obviously, my uh, whole ex- escape premise was loosely based on the whole riddle thing. Granted, it wasn't as much of, you know, yours or mine like type deal where, you know, people are kind of pitted against each other, but. Um, still the, the escape room premise, um, I think saw had a lot to do with, I mean, the escape rooms are flourishing right now. So 
it's definitely had a big impact on society, whether it knows it or not. I'm sure it does because, you know, I'm sure they're money loving whores, but, um, jigsaw, yeah, very yeah. big, um, presence and the whole, you know, let's play a game. That you want to play a game. Right. So, uh, I actually haven't seen any because the the whole premise really is kind of frightening to like just wake up in a room and like have to chop your arm off or some shit. Like I yeah. loved those movies for the strategic ways that they chose to bring people to their death. Like all those different like and also like who's behind it, you never know. It was always a guess who type movie, like, oh, is it so and so? No, it was so and so the whole time. You know what I mean? It's like those were really, really well done in terms of the plot. Like the plot of those movies. I would kind of grimace and close my eyes when the actual torture and stuff would happen. But I you know, the whole it kept me coming back to the movie to see how the fuck they can keep making these. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So uh definitely one that um continued to flourish well on because you know a lot of these movies on these lists have had as many sequels as saw has but most of the mm. a lot of them were direct to video and so yeah. for saw to have i think five or six sequel i think at least four or five sequels that went to theaters is yeah pretty impressive they were, for uh they were almost all theatrical releases that's right that's right that's pretty insane so anyways we will go on to the next and i'm gonna t- i'm gonna kill two two birds with one stone uh, I don't actually kill birds with stones before anyone jumps to that conclusion. But I'm, sperm. I do, I do. It's very true. Uh, so that's, but I, I, you know, they don't usually die because I'm not that, I'm not that good a shot. Uh, but so we're gonna, we're gonna go into the hillbilly and the hillbilly territory, and we're gonna go with the hills have eyes and wrong turn. We're gonna take them both out at the same time because they're both very similar. So hills right. have eyes takes place in a desert. In the middle of, you know, I think I think it was a desert. It was a very canyon-esque setting. Uh, family goes out. They, they they fuck up. Man, they should have been out there. I'll be honest. I've seen it one time because it was so depraved that I decided it was a really shitty movie to watch. And I was like, eh, I'm not a big fan. So again, a lot of a lot of rape stuff. More 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 like your cousin's 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 baby is trying to rape you, which is weird on so many levels. And it just wasn't. It's not, it's not an enjoyable movie by any means. And so for me, it's not my favorite kind of horror. I like horror that makes you think and horror that really makes your skin crawl. And it was just kind of gross. So, And then Wrong Turn did have a more of a scarier presence for me because Wrong Turn can happen anywhere. I mean, I have family in Virginia, and I've traveled around the West Virginia area. If You know, you make a back turn, you make a, make a bad turn, and like all of a sudden you end up somewhere you don't realize or recognize. I mean, that's that's a scary premise. Your car breaks down, and you're in a place in the woods where you don't know what the fuck's going on. That was... Do you ever watch the first Wrong Turn? I think it was in, like, 2002, 2003. yeah. And actually, yeah. this is the one... I always get... I actually do get this one, and the hills have eyes confused, because I know one has Eliza Dushku, which is Wrong Turn, and I always forget which one it is. So I actually have seen this one. But okay. it was probably, like, right after it hit video. Yeah, and it's one of those where just just disregard any of them after the first one. <laughs> I think they're on like I'm not even kidding you. I think they're on like wrong turn, wrong turn like six or seven. Like they've made so many shameless cash grab remakes that it's fucking unbelievable. But the the only ones that are worth watching it, well, the only one is the first one. I've never given a, a second thought to any other ones. So yeah, wrong turn six has been made. Uh, there's a fan video for wrong turn. 
seven. So yeah. Oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. So anyways, what's the next one, Ripley? All right. So the next one is The Strangers. So this one I've only <gasps> seen parts about, but this this is another premise that just freaks me the fuck out. Like This was one of of all the whole list that we've talked about when we talk about quality. This one is like top 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 top. So scary. Oh my god. Like yeah, the whole like their masks because they're the ones that wear the mat, like the very like oh yeah, emotional the... mask, right? And yeah, they're like the, the burlap sack masks and all the other like the nonchalant with the smiley face and all the yeah. different yeah. And they they make they didn't make no sounds. They don't say anything the whole movie. Yeah, like that, and they're in remote locations. You know, like you know, because you know, me and Teresa have gone to you know go vacation out like. Or by vacation, I use that term loosely, but like go visit like um, uh, Mammoth Cave and you know these different yeah, remote yeah. spots in the in the region and stuff. And like you get out into the, one of those cabins or whatever, and like it's prime territory for shit like that. And you're like, oh, yeah. I don't want to be thinking about this. I w- there are a million other things I want to think about, and this is not Absolutely. one of them because like it is such a creepy premise. And the fact that they are so emotionless and just like, and there's multiple ones, so it makes it takes away the whole trope. Yeah. Of, you know, the, it's like a whole the walking group. psychopath. It, like, so it makes it easier for them to sneak up on you or catch you or different things like that. That it does make it very frightening. Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm glad we said a spoiler alert in the beginning because I'm going to give something away. It doesn't really have anything to do with really the whole movie, but at the very end, have you seen this movie, by the way? No, I have not. You said you, said you saw parts. So at the very end, you think the one of the main characters is dead. And this, uh, so these new, I can't remember they are. They're like, uh, they're Boy Scouts or something or male boys or something going on a route. Come in and realize they find the, you know, the aftermath of everything that happened with this crazy night of killing and stalking and all this. And they find them, the, the people, the last ones to, to die or supposedly die, which is the the woman who's the main protagonist on the ground laying there, and they go to touch her, and I remember seeing it in theaters, and they go to touch her, and she huh, just wakes up, just freaks out, and just wakes up, and that's the end of the movie. That part almost made me pee every ounce of cherry coke I had just drank, just all over my pants. Like that part, <laughs> like the whole movie itself was scary, but that last ending with that jump scare, oh. My God, it was scary. Just because she just, you realize she's awake and she's, oh, she's so scared. I don't know why it freaked me out. That was one of those that actually merited a really good sequel. The Strangers 2 or The Strangers whatever. Well, that was probably the creepiest. Oh, there it goes again. That's, those are the creepiest squeaks you could possibly have while we're doing a uh, horror-themed uh, podcast here. So Quality sound effects. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wish that was real. Or maybe it was just you and me, you or me farting. I'm not quite sure. Uh, it it was a door, but it was only because I was grabbing a beer. Okay, okay. We're just going to blame it on Teresa, man. Teresa, you need to say safety next time. Be, be polite. <laughs> so we'll get over, uh, we'll go to the next one here. Did you mention The Strangers? Is it my turn? Uh, yeah, I brought up The Strangers. So I'm going to go into one of my favorite ones, and I've also seen another one last Halloween. I didn't I didn't watch it this Halloween, but I did, so it is kind of still fresh in my mind because I try to keep my horror movies and my horror fetish contained for just the month of October and I have a horror movie I watch every night of the month which is why I'm such a big f- horror fanatic but is uh, Happy Death Day 
Have you seen Happy Death Day? No, I haven't. It's like a horror version of Groundhog Day. The, this girl just keeps getting killed over and over and over and over. And actually, it's not an annoying actress, which would have turned me off from the movie completely. And I would have been like, this sucks. But she's a really good actress. She really conveys her fear very well. And she's, she's very layered. It's a layer. It's a person who can convey that she actually has a substance to her. And that's very, very rare, especially just not in Hollywood in general, but just in the horror genre. When you look at a horror movie, you just realize these people just must be fighting for money to be in a horror movie because they have no real acting chops. They're just there to scream, you know? Right. And this girl does a great job. She knocks it out of the park. And the sequel was a thousand times better than the first one because they introduced time travel. Happy Death Day to You is a time travel-themed premise, and it brings in elements of the first one. It's almost like, you know, Back to the Future 2, he goes back in time, and he's 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 like trying to alter events from the first movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very similar to that. So the the main character is trying to make sure things go correctly and lots of things are introduced that tempt her to change things and keep them changed, but I won't give too much away because it is worth watching. It's a really good one. Stranger, uh, I almost said Strangers, bleh. Uh, happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. You should watch them. Next. All right, so we're down to the last two. And just because I don't have any idea, well, I know very little about the last one, but because you made me read up on the other one, I'm going to go ahead and go with High Tension. Uh, high Tension. So- so I have not read this one, but um, or watched this one, but I did read the plot synopsis on Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. And it, this is one that is pretty fucked up. And from what it sounds like, very gruesome. Just, um, you know, water razor slashing and decapitation and this goring. This is a very, and, very fucked up movie. Very yeah. fucked up. And, well, it, it is French, right? Isn't doesn't oh yeah no it's it's a french movie yeah it's it's a french movie i think there was i don't know if i'm correct i may be wrong you maybe want to quiz me on this but i think it was a remake of a french movie and i think this one is australian i might be wrong um i i did look it up it it mentioned french something because um one of the ones because there was a different title the title was different in france right uh and because one of the ones that we talked about earlier Oh yeah, the the hills have eyes was actually written by Alexander Aja and Gregor Lavazier, of who also wrote High Tension. Again, so glad you had you, you can swoop in with the with the names on this because my God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it it was French. Um, I think they said it, the uh, original thing was called Hout. Or something. I don't know. My French. It's so. It's so. It's so hard to talk about this movie because the big, the big, the big giveaway that I was telling you about earlier before we started this episode. That's the meat. That's like the meat and potatoes of the whole movie. I mean, it's like I could tell you why it's so good, but then I'd ruin it for anyone listening. And I, I'm okay with giving away all these other ones, but this one's so critically, not critically acclaimed. Like I said, it got panned by the critics. It only got like what, like 10% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like shit like that, like real bad. But the audience score is really high on Rotten Tomatoes, and it just kind of goes to show you that you can't always go by what the critics say. Sometimes you need to watch a movie for yourself, and I don't want to give it away, so I'm not going to go very much detail with this movie or its synopsis. I'm just going to say if you like gore and you like mind-bending shit, this is one to watch. It's very worth a watch. It is a 
crazy movie. Just crazy. And there's really not many act- actors or actresses you're going to recognize in it. Yeah, they're all French. Uh, yeah. In fact, one girl's name is Cécile de France. So that's well, about all you need to know on that one. All yeah, right, so we'll go to the you... last one. Yes, the last one. Oh, the, okay. So The Collector. Uh, this is one of those that you watch that that I watched personally, thinking it was going to be eh, whatever. I'm 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 running out of horror movies at the time. I can't remember when it came out. God, I keep throwing these na- these these dates out, like 2004, something like that. I don't know. It was it was really good. It was, it was one that that was very. These this couple comes home and they come home to someone in their house robbing them, and he thinks he's there robbing a safe and realizes that the couple's like being held hostage there. And the whole house is booby trapped, and he realizes it's not a collector of specific items. That this person who's calling himself a collector, he's a collector of people. <laughs> so that's really fucked up. And they actually made a sequel called The Collection, which is a super gory opening scene in some dance club where they've rigged this like the co- oh this is a crazy scene. Have you, you ever seen heard of these movies at all? Yeah, yeah, I have. I just haven't seen them. So the collection has this opening scene where like they're in this club and like these just these things think think Star Wars like A New Hope the trash compactor scene where it's coming in together you know and it's like getting close but it's like instead of that they're like razor blades and they're just 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 mushing people they make human mush it's disgusting like the walls cave in and it's like I think is that what it is maybe they drop chainsaw razor blade things i don't know opening scene fucked up basically they clear out an entire dance hall with with like razor chainsaw things but that was the sequel the first one is very fantastic because it's in one house it's in one setting and he's escaping and it's this robber because it's it's, it's very in-depth with his character arc he's like a bad guy because he's obviously he's robbing this couple but he like he's the one that ends up kind of saving people in the end so it's a good movie. Collectors definitely worth watching. It was one of those that I I thought was going to be real shitty when I first watched it, and it was a uh, game changer. So that concludes our slashers and saisons. Uh, this is the this is one of those podcasts where you're gonna hear us say things like pints and pondering and all this shit, but we we change them all the time. There's really no concrete whatever. We just like to rhyme things with beer titles. So don't expect to hear the same segment title twice. Anyways. Well, let's hope not, otherwise our creativity is lacking. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's go ahead and go into our beer goggles tournament. Now we it is just us two and we've kind of stopped doing the social media thing because well to be honest you guys have kind of been dicks about the whole thing you all suck come on listeners get involved take a stance be an activist do something for god's sakes anyways um yeah we we just hadn't been getting a whole lot of voting on the social media platform and yes that means that we kind of lack but whatever so that being said let's go ahead and figure out the third round of our or third part of our second round which is uh tory spelling versus ellen degeneres tory spelling tory spelling what was she in? i gotta remember I got her beverly face. hills 90210 she yeah 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 
back in the day, she was okay. I got her. I got her in my head. She, oh yeah, God, it's so easy. Probably gone through all sorts of uh, plastic surgery. Again, when it comes to who I like better as a person, it was kind of like the last one we had in the last episode where it was Betty White versus um, uh, Missy Pyle. I was right. for Missy Pyle. It's, it's in the exact same vein. All day, every day, I'm going to support Ellen DeGeneres because she's a perfect fucking human, in my opinion. I mean, she just – did you see the thing that just came into the news recently where she was sitting with yeah. George Bush? Yeah, like, she had things a perfect like, response for it. She did. It, it, people like that – the left side really – I mean, here we go, getting political. I shouldn't be getting political. But, you know, the whole social justice thing, they expect her to be on her side on, – on their side. But she's not on anyone's side. She's on, like, the right side, the side that is like, hey, we're all people here. We all need to love each other. So I think she's – I don't know. She can't do any wrong. I love Ellen DeGeneres. But, man, when it comes to, you know, my love gun, you know, if I'm going to be firing it in the right direction – it's going to be spelling bullets towards Tory. See, like, you know, part of me understands where you're coming from because, like, if you're looking for a little bit more, you know, some more curves, some more voluptuousness, yeah, Tori's probably got it. But if you look at her face and you're like, fuck, like, yeah. too much plastic surgery is going on there. And, like, and I, I, I assume, I, I I assume that the, the, the you know, upper region uh, of the chest is also added, and which just makes it like, you, you are you yeah. punching speed bags? What's going on here? Um, yeah. And like, you know, if you're at a scenario where you're, you know, in this case, we're assuming six beers deep at least, you're going to need a little bit more motivation, at least I would think. And so, you know, like you said, Ellen. You know, and we may get a lot of flack for this for people that don't like Ellen. Well, you know what? I, I don't really give a shit because how she handled this whole yeah, George you, Bush you, thing is the how only way for us should to care. handle anything. Exactly. The only way for us to care is if you got a comment on our shit. And if you're going to just diss us for this shit, then we're not going to give any any fucks because right. you, didn't, you didn't weigh in. So, sorry. Right. So, like, she's, you know, one of the few people that's willing to say, yeah, I crossed party lines because guess what? You don't have to agree with somebody on everything they say because, and to be friends with them, which is absolutely true. So, and that, and she is, you know, she's fairly funny, she's witty, she's smart. And I think that I would be captivated by her, uh, you know, her personality. And, you know, we may end up just spooning on the couch that night, but I'm, I'm probably going to go with, I, I would go with Ellen in this case. Man, for me, it's just too much. It'd be like, it'd be like making out with a guy for me. I don't know. It's too. I don't know. I, I couldn't do it. We definitely are separate in this argument. That's for sure. Well, and and one thing I did not point out, which could be a contributing factor, and I may be outdated on this one, but because they may be no longer together. But if you were to think about the upstream factor of her with Portia Durazi, that adds into it as well but i don't even know if they're yeah, together that's anymore. true yeah because I, I, I think that one you would be fully head on oh yeah if it was gonna be a three-way i'd be like mm, okay okay yeah and portia trazi's no no slouch no she's not we all know who wears the pants in that relationship it is <laughs> not it is not porsche porsche no. porsche 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 yeah all right so we, we do have ourselves a 
on a tie here, so we will put it out on the Facebook page for a tiebreaker only. Please keep your comments civil, no degrading. Uh, again, this is about upsides only, please. Exactly. Adhere to those stipulations, and we welcome any and all comments that you may have. So, that being said, that pretty much uh, zips tonight's body bag right up. We appreciate everyone that stuck around to help us dissect this week's killer episode. We hope it was an enjoyable slice of your time. Ripley and I need to head back to the morgue to dump our latest victim. I mean, the bar. We're going to the bar. So if you liked it, uh, tonight's episode and other tales of the morbid and insane, you should check out our friends over at Time Suck. They deal with all kinds of crazy, and we mean that in a good way. If you have a dark sense of humor or enjoy true crime and other fringe topics, then you should definitely check out the suck master, Dan Cummins. He's got you covered. Be sure to tune in next week for the third and final installment of our long Halloween special. We'll be covering all things creature feature, from B-movie blunders to the big screen besties. So until next time, fellow sociopaths, stay slurred. Say it ain't so, that's the end of our show. Turn the mic off, go the f*** home. Joe Buffett here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoy our ridiculous content, you can get to your nearest cosmic communication device and spread the word to your friends, family, co-workers, or nearby nerf herders. We're available on Spotify, Google Play, Sheeple Music, I mean Apple Music, or wherever you listen. If you have an idea for our show or would like to propose a theme, send an email to CloseEncountersSlurredKind at gmail.com. That's CloseEncountersSlurredKind at gmail.com or shoot us a message on Facebook. Have a great day, and we look forward to falling even deeper into the Antimatter Minute with you next time on Close Encounters of the Slurred Kind. So, tell me, Ripley, do you like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs>